0: Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feezy. We just think it's nice to, when we come into the space and and you at home, just to uh, quiet ourselves down, maybe with our eyes closed, just noticing what's going on with us at the moment, what thoughts we're having, what's been going on. In our lives, and just letting all that go, and coming down into our hearts, into that space where we connect through our souls with that divine being at the center of all things, we be taking a slightly deeper breath as we touch that peace that passes all understanding just focusing on that breath opening ourselves to the wisdom at the centre of our life to love opening ourselves to all of us here in this community, gathered, opening ourselves to the wisdom of the universe, and just deciding that we're open to being affected by whatever comes to us in this next hour or so. O love divine, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, come and cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is the second in a little series that I'm doing on community. And if you missed any of the other ones, there's a little black, uh, red thing at the back. You can uh, download the podcast or, or see what the other ones are. But in, uh, in this uh, last week, um, Heather, my wife here, uh, and I talked about uh, the community here at the chapel. Um, and Heather mentioned the phrase, living into the fullness of our humanity. That's a lovely phrase, living into the fullness of our humanity. That often we think of ourselves as humans trying to be spiritual. But really we are spiritual beings trying to be human. And it's by identifying with our our deep spiritual natures that enables us to become truly human. I mean, my view is that Jesus came to show us the potential of humanity And our life here on earth is is to realise that potential individually and as a community. Community comes from the Latin word commis, uh, which means common, public, general, shared by many. And we come together as a, a community here at the chapel because I think of our shared values and a desire to see the world as a better place. Uh, The mission of the chapel, if you look on the website, uh, talks about redefining spiritual values to question, to seek relevant answers to a troubled world. And for me, our community is about participating in the evolution of consciousness by making our own individual and corporate loving response to the world. So we individually respond to the world in a loving way and corporately as well. I think we affirm here the unitive nature of all things, uh, of our interdependence and the need for responsible global citizenship in a world that's fraught with divisions. And the way that we do that is through our own commitment to personal transformation. I think that's what I was saying last week is the key thing, that the commitment to our own spiritual growth has to go beyond it would be nice, to this is my purpose in life. A commitment to spiritual growth means that you're willing to be uncomfortable to that end because your spiritual growth is more important than your comfort. And so the way we change the world is is to change ourselves. And I see us as supporting each other so that corporately we express something that inspires those who come here to take up the same challenge that we've taken up and put their shoulder to the plough. I don't think it's something we can do on our own. I think our community, even the formation of our community, has to be formed by something beyond ourselves, if we're talking about a spiritual context. It's that great line from Psalm 27, unless the Lord builds the house those who build labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build labor in vain, which really means unless we're guided by that inner wisdom that's within us and that's, that's at the center of all things, that love is the center of all things, then we're just sort of moving things around. Um, we have to be led by something deeper than our minds. You know, we're just, if we're not led by that, we're just coming together just with more good ideas, smarter versions of what's gone before us. And as we said last week, we don't need smarter. We need to become more loving so that we solve the problems that confront us from a different level of consciousness. I think that's really our approach. And only then will we be able to make a contribution that's going to transform things rather than just be rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic and just having more more of the same but how, how do we tap into that something deeper that's going to lead us that's the key question i mean how do we actually tap into that we have i think we have to listen and we have to hear what we're being called to do it comes from our calling i think or our vocation heather last week described calling as an ongoing invitation throughout all the seasons of our lives to consider and reconsider the nature of our own individual calling so it goes on throughout our lives each one of us she said by the very fact that we're alive and have consciousness have an essential place in the purposive direction of love's trajectory and I think we align ourselves with love in this way. If we do that, we'll find the desires of our so-called smaller selves will become swept up in a whole new, wider, more dynamic, connective expression of generative love. So if we, if we are listening to our calling, even our smaller desires will become all bound up in a, in a general direction. Do you know, I think the very idea of church... Is one that's rooted in calling or vocation. The very idea of church. The the word church comes from the Greek word ecclesia which means people called out of the world and to God. That's that's the that's why ecclesial. When we talk about church things, you talk about ecclesial things, and that literally means called out uh, people called out of the world and to God. So our very being here. Is a response to vocation. And and again, vocation comes from the Latin word vocari, which means to call. So it's all bound up in calling. People, you know, when you think when you think about it in terms of, you know, in an ordinary life, people think about vocations in terms of careers. You have a vocation to be a nurse or a, a priest or a teacher. It generally suggests a sense of selflessness a commitment to a higher good. It suggests that the call is coming from somewhere other than one's own wants or needs. It's part of the universe calling us to itself, to join in with the healing of that universe, You know, the healing that the universe is trying to bring about, to respond to that vocation, is to join in. I, I always love the idea of, of God coming to us in the circumstances of our lives. And I think that's true about calling. God or the universe comes to us and calls us into action through the circumstances. And not just in obvious ways. Sometimes I think that a sense of vocation also comes out of difficulty and tragedy. For example, someone who's lost a partner to cancer might find a vocation to help others suffering from that same cancer. Heinz and Ward felt the need to help with the Ukraine. There's a sense of calling there. So often we get wrapped up in our own tragedies that we fail to recognise that they may be part of the calling that the universe is actually making to us. But I don't think it has to be complicated. In the New Testament, the disciples were called by Jesus and he just said follow me and and they knew that that was their calling often we're looking for our calling or vocation and we just can't find it well i think you know the universe is always calling us and so if you can't find that calling then often we're looking in the wrong place or or we're just not listening people often i think i think people are afraid of vocations Uh, Because they think they'll have to do something that they don't want to do. If you give in to that feeling, if you listen to your calling and respond, before you know it, you're off to Ukraine or you're off to Africa to feed the starving, whatever it is, you know, you don't really want to get involved in all of that sometimes. And I don't think it works like that. You know, I think we're called to do what we can do. We're called to our strengths. And the most important thing of all... Is I think we're called through joy. That, that wonderful verse in the Bible which says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I think that, that joy is at the center of vocations. When you feel that joy, that's the thing to follow rather than, the, Oh my goodness, do I really have to do that? You know, I felt called here. I recognized the joy that I feel in the work that I do here. But I think, you know, calling, really, it's about relationship. It's about our relationship with the universe and and our relationship with God. And I think, you know, that suggests communication. That old thing, Rome Williams' definition of spirituality being the cultivation of a sensitive and rewarding relationship with eternal truth and love. He says that spirituality is the cultivation of a sensitive and rewarding relationship with eternal truth and love it's a relationship with the universe having had this insight you know we then develop wisdom you know we are communicated to we're called once we realize that the universe is actually calling to us and we listen to that and we 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 try and see where that's doing then we realize where we're being called called by the universe into a more int- intimate relationship I think the calling of the universal oh God, you know, is like a lover, you know, we are invited to participate. If you read the Song of Songs, you know, that's all about lovers, but it's also, a, you know, an analogy for God calling us and, and the call into the universe. And I think it's an invitation to, for our hearts to meet with the heart of God, for our heart to open, to open to the heart of the universe and the two things, I think, go together. The calling of the UNOS and our hearts opening to that. How we individually fit into that, I think, is unique to each of us. We have our strengths, our weaknesses. We have our likes and our dislikes. We have our past history. Everything that's moulded us and shaped us. All that goes to fit together, you know, that Our life goes to fit together with the needs of the universe. Your heart and the heart of the universe are pulled together in an intimate dance of courtship. I think that's the way to think about uh, calling. But you have to be open to it, to have some insight, to develop some wisdom, to be feeling for that sensitive and rewarding relationship with eternal truth and love. You have to stop and just be willing to have that what you're called you know what what you're called to is really only for you to know and when it comes when you feel that depth open up that possibility to make a difference then we respond with generosity and with action and to receive that calling you have to be open to hearing it you have to be able to really hearing what the universe is saying to you. And to hear is to feel that joy with what is resonating with you inside. To have that joy as the signal for it. You know, it may be listening to someone like me speaking up the front. You feel that joy, suddenly you think, yes, that makes sense. Or books you've read, or courses you've been on. When you hear, you feel that joy and you say, yes. I knew that, and you're reminding me of something that I already knew, and that joy comes up. And, you know, many of us have had that many times. You know, I hear, I listen, I feel the joy of knowing. Again, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That joy is what can take us through to do and to be that which we're called to do and to be. That strength will will take us through. And it's about that hearing. And I think what's also interesting is that the root of the word to hear is the German Horen. That's where the root of the word to hear comes from. And the word to hear also appears in the origin of the word to belong. So the word to belong in German, the root of the word to belong is Gehoren. So it's interesting that to hear and to belong have the same entomology. And so the idea really is to hear is to belong. When you hear, when you really resonate with something, you feel that you belong. And the calling comes in that. I think it's true politically. People feel that they belong because they hear something that resonates with them. I think it's true culturally as well as people hear things that give them a sense of belonging. And it's true also in a spiritual perspective. When we really hear, when we feel that joy, that's what gives us a sense of belonging. And I think that's what defines us here as a community. Our sense of belonging in the chapel comes from the joy we have in hearing someone or something that resonates with us when we talk downstairs or, or up here. And we recognize a value or something being said that we always knew, but we weren't able necessarily to put into words. Or we hear art that res- that, that we look at art that resonates with us. Music, um, people, or words. Hearing's an interesting thing, you know, I, I use incense a lot. as You can probably smell, I, I've got some burning there still. And, I was in when I was in Japan I visited the, an incense factory in Kyoto and they told me that in Japanese you don't smell incense you listen to it I think that's so interesting you you listen to incense there's a there's a connection that comes through the incense and we come together I think with that joy in our hearts and that's that's the beginning of calling and we have to be who we can be and do what we can do out of that calling. But again, as Heather said last week, it's, it's through living fully within the exact conditions of our lives, the perceived limitations, lacks and losses, all those limitations, all those things that our smaller selves show up, it's through that as well that we can find our calling. You know, she said there's no quick way we can decide to do something, change career, move to another state, volunteer in a non-profit, whatever it might be. But it's the underlying compassion, the outpouring of love that's the true essence of calling. And so maybe you're calling right now maybe to intentionally quietly hold someone's pain. This is what Heather was saying. Maybe it's to simply catch yourself when you're being unkind, or to practice daily the art of surrender, or to work on being available and spacious with a difficult colleague or whatever. The point is, it's only in and through the details of daily living, yielding in a robust surrender and humility that we can truly live into our authentic callings, and find our generative and energizing and joyful contribution to the greater whole. It is through that living in that moment, in the present moment, that we find our calling. It is through the way that we respond to what goes on. It's not just a one-off thing that we go on a course and you know, do our vision quest and stuff like that. It is the living, it is through the living that the calling comes. And I think our community here at the chapel is about that. We may not always succeed, but we come together as people who've recognized these callings from within. We've heard those callings. There's a lovely scene in the Bible. I think that one of the best Bible passages about calling um, is the calling where Samuel thinks that his high priest Eli is calling him it's in the book of Samuel. it's about the Old Testament and this is this reading it's about calling the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli in those days the word of the Lord was rare there were not many visions one night Eli whose eyes were becoming weak that he couldn't barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you go back and lie down so he went and lay down again the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said here I am you called me my son Eli said I did not call go back and lie down now Samuel didn't yet know the Lord the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him and the third time the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if, it's, if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went down in his place and the Lord came and stood there calling As the other time Samuel Samuel then Samuel said speak Lord for your servant is listening and the Lord said to Samuel see I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle it's a very important passage in our family because um, we named Samuel our son after this in fact uh, he was known for many years as tbs when he was young which stands for the boy samuel <laughs> so we said, what's tbs up to the uh, now of course when he's going to college we, i suppose we have to call him tms you know the man samuel but you know this is a classic case of being called and not hearing he thought it was eli calling and quite often in our life we we, we don't we don't think, we think it's, it's, it's you know, something here that is making the thing happen, when in fact, the calling is coming from beyond. The call came from beyond Eli, and Eli realized that. And often we do the same. We don't really hear the depth of our calling because we ascribe it to worldly desires and feelings. When in fact, if we heard more deeply, we would hear a call that was coming to us in our lives right from the heart of the universe. That's the sort of calling, a hearing, and belonging that brings us together, I think, as the chapel. That's why we all come together. And how we respond to that, how we respond to that calling, I'm going to talk a bit about next week. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you, and if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.